Please turn in your Bibles to Psalm 56 and verse 3. Psalm 56, verse 3. A very brief verse, but full of God's blessings for His people. The title of this message is God's Cure for Fear. <clears throat> Psalm 56, 3. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Many people in this world live in fear. They fear the uncertainties of life, such as the possibilities of losing their jobs or financial reverses. They fear what the future may hold. They, they're afraid of what might happen tomorrow. They fear getting sick. They fear getting COVID. They fear natural disasters, tornadoes, hurricanes. There's a man that lives in our neighborhood, and every time the forecast is for uh, possible tornadoes, he just wrings his hand in, uh, hands in anxiety and doesn't know what to do. He's so afraid. <clears throat> Some people fear parting from friends and loved ones. Some fear disappointments in life. Others fear calamity that their nations might bring on themselves by their sin and wickedness. Many live in fear of losing popularity with friends and loved ones or with the world around them. <clears throat> John 9.22 tells how the parents of the man born blind, whom the Lord Jesus healed, feared the Jews because the Jews would put them out of the synagogue if they acknowledged Christ in their sons receiving a sight. The Pharisees were highly respected and very influential in society during the Lord's lifetime. And the Lord's disciples were afraid of the opinions and influences of the Pharisees. Turn to Matthew 15 and verse 12. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 15 and verse 12. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying. John 19.8 says that Pontius Pilate feared the people so much that he did not protect the innocent Savior from death. Galatians 2.11 and 12 tells how Peter compromised the gospel and compromised his Christian liberty by, uh, for fear of the opinion of the Judaizers. I have known several people who feared, who refused to leave their apostate denominations because they feared their relatives and friends would disown them or ostracize them for doing so. Turn to Proverbs 29 and verse 25. Proverbs 29 and verse 25. <clears throat> tells us what God's Word has to say about such fear. 
The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. The desire to please men becomes a snare when it leads us to put man above God. Turn to 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. Fear of man stops the mouth of our testimony for Christ, Paul says here. 2 Timothy 1.7 God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Satan creates fear in God's people in order to keep us from doing our duty. He makes us afraid to tithe because we might suffer financially by doing so. He makes us afraid of the weather to keep us from going to church and hearing the preaching and the teaching of God's Word. Some have fear because of the guilt of their sins. Many are afraid because of the thought of approaching death. Some people fear hell that lies ahead beyond death for sinners. Hebrews 2.15 says there are some who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject unto bondage. Acts 24.25 says that Felix feared when Paul preached of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Some people don't fear death and hell simply because they are ignorant of these things. They don't know that the holy God is angry with the wicked every day. And if they knew this, they might be terrified indeed. David says to God in our text, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Well, as we consider this text this afternoon, there are two great facts about fear upon which I want to focus in this message. First of all, this text of Scripture recognizes that fear is a reality. Fear is a reality. David recognizes this fact in the first phrase of our text. What time I am afraid. David was one of the bravest men in the Bible. You know, I, I still <clears throat> started doing this when I was a child and I still feel just as much awe as I did when I was a child of David's courage in picking up a little old rock and putting it in his slingshot and attacking and overcoming the giant Goliath. When David wrote this 56th Psalm, he was being persecuted and pursued by King Saul. And this was one of the lowest points in David's life. He was afraid of Achish, the king of Gath, as well as of King Saul of Israel. Look at 1 Samuel 21.12 here. 1 Samuel chapter 21 and verse 12. And David laid up these words in his heart 
and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. David saw the danger he was in, and David was afraid. 1 Samuel 21, 10 through 13 tells us that because of this fear of King Saul and of King Achish, David deceived Achish into thinking he was insane. Uh, the Bible tells us he let the spittle run down his beard. And he acted crazy so he could gain Achish's protection from Saul. And this fear of Saul was far different from David's great courage in facing the giant Goliath with a slingshot. In our text, David admitted that he was afraid. He was honest with himself. He did not deny that he sometimes experienced fear. David was afraid because he was, after all, a mere man. He said in our text, What time I am afraid. There are times when God's people experience fear. King Hezekiah feared Sennacherib the first time that king of Assyria came against him. In his fear, King Hezekiah gave Sennacherib the gold of the temple. There was no need to do that at all. We read about it in 2 Kings 18, if you'd like to write that down. 2 Kings 18, 13 through 16. We can expect to be afraid when powers greater than our own are set against us. After all, we too are just weak and feeble men. What will you do when you're afraid? How will you deal with fear? The natural man, when afraid, falls back on some human ability or some human scheme. He turns anywhere but to God. He will turn to drink. You know, uh, some of these westerns, these old westerns on TV, before the gunfighters go out in the street to shoot it out, they have to get a little courage. They, they take a drink. Some people, when they're afraid, turn to drink. Others turn to drugs. Some turn to psychology. Or they may, turn, they may try to laugh off their fears by seeking to comedy and entertainment. He may even turn to religion, though not the religion of God's Word. If a person only thinks of himself and his abilities or of man's medications and psychologies, his confidence is going to fail him. A second great fact in this text upon which I want us to focus is the fact that trust in God is the cure. Trust in God is the cure for fear. Again, David says in our text, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Now, what does it mean to trust God? Well, you know, some people think that faith in God or trust in God is just uh, believing with the mind that He exists. That's not what it means to trust God. Trust is one of David's favorite words. It, he uses it 48 times in the book of Psalms. 
The word trust in our text means literally to rely upon, to cling to, to hold fast to. And it's a word picture that involves a tight grip and also an intimate union with. It's the kind of trust that Barnabas urged upon the Christians at Antioch in Acts 11.23. Let's turn to that. Acts 11 and verse 23. This is the kind of trust that Barnabas urged on those Christians there. Acts 11, 23. Who, Barnabas, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. Saving faith is cleaving to Christ, holding Him by His hand. In other words, this trust is faith in God. True faith is clinging to God and relying on Him when occasion for fear arise, arises and presses upon us. This is the conquering faith of God's elect. Job 13.15 tells how Job clung to God through all of his sufferings. Think about that. Worth meditating on. Though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. Brother, that's cleaving, clinging to God. To trust God means to place one's confidence in God. It means to comfort oneself in God. It means to expect deliverance from God. When are we to trust in the Lord? Well, we ought to trust the Lord at all times, no doubt. But we're talking about, in this message, we're talking about times of fear. And so in this, in this sense, the time for faith is the time of trial. It doesn't, make much, it doesn't take much faith to believe when you have money in the bank. The time to trust the Lord is when enemies threaten and when finances are low, and when death is approaching. But what is there in God for us to trust in when fear comes? Someone has pointed out that there are four things in God for us to trust in when we're afraid. And all of these, if you're taking notes, if you'd like to write them down, all four of these begin with the letter P. This is what we sometimes call an alliterative outline. So first of all, what is there to trust in? What is there in God to trust in? First of all, there are His promises. His promises. God's Word is full of great promises to His people. Isaiah 41.10 is one of the greatest promises in the time of fear. Let's turn to Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. This is God speaking. Fear thou not, 
for or because I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. What a promise that is. Next turn to Psalm 121 and verse 8. Psalm 121, verse 8. God makes this promise to His people. Psalm 121, 8. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Now look at Romans 8, 32. Romans chapter 8, verse 32. This is another of God's great promises to His people. He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Why should we be afraid of anything, of anything, when we have promises like this in the Word of God? Christian, here this afternoon, are you afraid of dying? Say with David, when you are afraid of dying, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Some who fear death say, well, I'm afraid to die because of the pain and suffering surrounding death. That, that's what makes me afraid. Well, listen, pain is all in this life. Do you know that? Every bit of pain we ever experience for Christians is in this life. According to God's Word, death ends all pain for the Christian. Turn to Revelation 21, 4. Revelation 21 and verse 4. This is speaking of heaven. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. Pain's only for this life. So why be afraid of death? It's a release from pain. God has also given us the doctrines of resurrection and glorification to take away our fears of death. Besides all this, we Christians know that to die is to enter into the arms of our precious Savior. I love the words of that great old hymn. We're going to sing it here in a moment. Safe in the arms of Jesus. Safe from corroding care. Safe from the world's temptations. Sin cannot harm me there. Free from the blight of sorrow. Free from my doubts and fears. Only a few more trials. Safe. Only a few more tears. Safe in the arms of Jesus, safe on His gentle breast, there by His love o'ershaded, 
Sweetly my soul shall rest. In John 6.37, we find this promise of God to sinners who are afraid because of their guilt. Him that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. When we are afraid, we may trust in God's promises. A second thing God uh, in God for us to trust in when we're afraid is His properties, or as we sometimes say, His attributes. The properties of God are His character traits, His attributes. His, God's attributes are what He is, who He is. The scriptures often speak of the name of the Lord, and God's name is His person, His character, His properties, His attributes, what He is. Look at Psalm 910. Psalm chapter 9 and verse 10. Talking about the properties of God, His attributes, what He is. Psalm 9 and verse 10. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. All of God's properties or attributes encourage us to trust in him. Think about it. Think about his attributes. His holiness. His wisdom. His justice. His faithfulness. His power. His sovereignty. Look at 1 Kings 8.56. 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 56. Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto His people Israel according to all that He promised there hath not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his, faith, his servant. God is eternally faithful to every word of his promises. Amen. We believe in the faithfulness of God. Because if he ever promises anything, he's going to do it. Why then should we fear one very important property or attribute of God in relation to our fears is His power. God is omnipotent. That means God is all-powerful. He says in Genesis 17:1, I am the Almighty God. Almighty. Genesis 18:14 asks a rhetorical question. The obvious answer to which is no. Is anything too hard for the Lord? We don't have to answer that. The answer is obvious, isn't it? No. There is nothing too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too hard for Him. God can furnish a table in the wilderness. Have you ever thought about that verse? He could furnish a table in the wilderness. There are no dangers from which the all-powerful God cannot save us. What could possibly 
be firmer ground of reliance when afraid than him who is all-powerful and can never be defeated. A third thing in which uh, in God uh, that there is to, to trust in is His providence. His providence. God's Word clearly teaches that a sovereign God is behind all events that occur in this world, guiding them. You know, the world's not out of control. I mean, it looks like it is, doesn't it? But it's not. God is controlling all events, using them to accomplish His great purposes. In His providence, God is especially working events for the good of His people. I hope you have memorized Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. God's providence should be an antidote to all the fears in this life. If God's providence is for our good, don't you think that God has made some provision for your need in the hour of trial? He has. A fourth thing in God in which we can trust when fear comes is His presence. The presence of God with us is a great comfort and encouragement in all of our trials. Throughout the Scriptures, God promises His presence with His people in all the trials of life. In Deuteronomy 20 and verse 1, God promised His people Israel that He would be with them when they went into battle. Turn to Deuteronomy 20 and verse 1. The fifth book in the Bible, chapter 20, verse 1. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 20, verse uh, 1. When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies, and seest horses and chariots, and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Next turn to Isaiah 41.10 again. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. Here God promises His presence with His people. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Notice the first phrase, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. I love Hebrews 13, 5, where the Lord Jesus promises His presence with His people at all times. When He says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. In Psalm 23, 4, David realized and acknowledged God's presence with him even when he would come to die. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
So Christian, you need fear no evil. Because Christ the shepherd is with you. And his rod and staff will comfort you no matter your circumstances. Fearful Christian here this afternoon, God will go with you through the gates of death. So the four things in God in which we can trust when we're afraid are His promises, His properties, His providence, and His presence. Because of all of these things, we have great reason to trust in the Lord and not be afraid. But you know what? We must resolve to trust in God. We can see in this text David's resolution to trust in God. David dealt with his fears. He resolved to act. He resolved to trust in the Lord. So turn back to our text, if you will, Psalm 56.3, where David says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. And again and again we read in Scripture of David's resolve to trust in the Lord when fear came. Look at verse 4 in Psalm 56. That follows our text. David repeats his statement here, but he reverses the order, placing faith first. In God will I praise His word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. He states his resolve again in verse 11 of this psalm. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Look at Psalm 4 and verse 8. Psalm 4 and verse 8. David again is writing here. And he says... I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for Thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. You know, you don't need to lie awake at night out of fear about what's going to happen tomorrow. Say with David and mean it, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for Thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Now look at Isaiah 12 and verse 2. Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 2. This is the resolve of Christian faith. <clears throat> Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Our text was a resolution in David's life, but it became a fact in his life. Let us make it a fact in our lives as well. Let us resolve and let us act to trust in the Lord when we are afraid. Well, in conclusion, trust in God then is the cure for fear. Trust in God removes or prevents our fear. Look at Psalm 27, 1. Psalm 27 and verse 1. 
Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Fear is conquered by faith. Look at Psalm 112 and verse 7. Psalm 112 and verse 7. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. There is nothing for the Christian to fear if he trusts in God. Look at Psalm 46 and verse 2. Psalm 46 and verse 2. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. When fear comes, it is our duty, as well as our comfort, to trust in God. Trust in God brings peace to one's heart, and it brings support in the trials of life. In the times that fear comes to me, I will trust and my fears will then be silenced. When a person truly means I will trust in thee, this is a sign of grace in the soul. No one trusts God unless there is first a work of God in his soul. If you are a Christian but suffer from inordinate fear, Ask God for the grace to trust in Him. He will give you that grace. He promises in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, My grace is sufficient for thee. One more thing about fear. If you have never placed your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin, you should fear. And fear greatly. What's going to happen to you in eternity? Turn to Luke 12, verses 4 and 5. Luke 12, 4 and 5. The Lord Jesus warned His disciples here to fear Him who has the power to cast sinners into hell. The Lord is speaking of God here, and God is the one to be feared rather than any enemy of ours. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. You know, I've heard people say that's talking about the devil there. We need to be afraid of the devil. No, it's not. It's talking about God. We need to fear God. God's wrath against you and your sins can be removed if you will trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. Trust in Christ's life of perfect obedience to God's law and His death on the cross for sinners. Cling to that. Cling to Him. Make Christ your confidence when you will stand in the presence of God. Do as Philippians 2.12 says, 
and work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Take it most seriously and act today because the time may be short. Let's stand together. We're going to sing hymn number 44. Hymn number 44, verse 2. Safe in the arms of Jesus. Then we'll have our closing prayer. Pray these things in Christ Jesus' holy name and for his sake. Amen.